Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Dublin Music Station, F104, Louise with you until one o'clock. I'm now joined on the phone by Motti Wargaze. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So you're a sleep expert. Uh, well, I'm a sleep physiologist and um, a behavioural sleep therapist. So what exactly does that mean, I suppose? Well, I, yeah, so I uh, I work with people who have insomnia, which is either a difficulty falling asleep or a difficulty getting back to sleep when they wake up at night. Okay. Or sometimes it can also be, you know, you wake up early in the morning and would find difficult to go back to sleep. So in those instances, despite having a good sleep opportunity, which is the time... Uh, t- uh, the time between you turning the lights off and turning the lights on in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's your sleep opportunity. And if you find it difficult to get good sleep or good quantity of sleep in within your sleep opportunity, um, then we can call that insomnia. And I so, think at yeah. the moment we're all kind of struggling with sleep, or at least a lot of people that I see online really late at night kind of going, I'm still, I still can't sleep. Yes, I think uh, you're right there because there is um, there's an increased level of anxiety. Mm. I mean, you know, we, we all know that, but there is an increased level of anxiety, and particularly for anxious individuals who suffer from some sort of general anxiety, it becomes extremely difficult. You mm-hmm. know, and you know, our routines are have kind of changed. A lot of people are working from home, including myself. And also, um, uh, you know, so we do have that a uh, little bit of extra time at hand because we are not commuting. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a, a particular pressure to wake up or get up at a certain time in the morning. But, you know, I mean, that, that that's all um, understandable. But um, and also, in addition to that, the, the general anxiety around COVID. And when we have a precipitating factor, uh, we lose our sleep for a short period of time and people who are less anxious would actually bounce back out of it. But for anxious individuals can get anxious about their sleep once they have become uh, poor sleepers for a few nights. And I actually or, find that apps don't help with that. Well, for me anyway. The sleep trackers, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, the sleep trackers would actually make people, uh, what we uh, we can say that people kind of develop a tendency to perfect their sleep. Mm-hmm. Or we've all heard about the eight hours of sleep, the eight-hour myth about, you know, that we all need eight hours of sleep. But we all don't need eight hours of sleep. If you go to bed, get a good night's sleep, and if you wake up refreshed in the morning and if you feel fine during the next day, you are getting sufficient quantity of sleep and sufficient uh, sufficient quantity of good quality sleep. And that's the best way to assess it without tracking our sleep. Um, You know, there is no need to do that because we only have these devices for the last maybe five or ten years mm-hmm. at the most. Um, so we, we did sleep normally prior to that. 
Um, just going back to about the precipitating factors. So when, once we start sleeping poorly, then then when we become anxious about our own sleep, uh, that anxiety about sleep becomes the perpetuating factors to um, uh, to get poor sleep again. And that's what we need to be careful about. Absolutely, for sure. And I know that a lot of people will we'll go to sleep and will aim to go to sleep and then you end up lying awake for a long time. What's the yeah. best thing to do? I've heard from so many different people that you should get up, maybe do something yeah. else and then go back to... Is that, is that correct? That is true. Um, our first opportunity to fall asleep after we go to bed at night or when we wake up at night is in the first 20 minutes or 20 mm-hmm. to 30 minutes, let's say. And if we don't fall asleep uh, or fall back asleep in that 20 to 30 minutes, we get anxious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we release... Um, certain stress hormones, which will make us more alert, uh, more awake, and more anxious, because that uh, that inability to fall asleep or fall back asleep is going to be seen by body as a threat or as a stress-inducing factor, mm-hmm. and then we release stress hormones, which makes us more alert, awake, and anxious. So the the good thing to do, or the right thing to do, then is to get up and leave the bedroom for 30 minutes. And in that 30 minutes, make sure we don't expose ourselves to bright light mm-hmm. because that's going to wake us up. It kind of, it's going to affect our sleep hormone levels. So leave the bedroom for 30 minutes, come back and give yourself another opportunity to fall asleep. Then you are starting all over again. So if you stay in bed, we become more and more anxious about sleep and we wake ourselves up further. But getting up and leaving the bedroom will help to reduce that anxiety because when you're outside the bedroom, you're not really thinking or worrying about sleep or you're not making efforts to get back to sleep or fall asleep in the first place. Um, So going downstairs to the sitting room and uh, reading a book or listening to music, do some breathing exercises or some meditation, or even watch TV, which helps to take your mind off. The TV is at a distance, so the light doesn't affect us uh, that much uh, in comparison to okay, so like a, a handheld, a handheld yeah. device. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So it reduces the anxiety about sleep. Uh, it, it gives you a new opportunity to fall asleep when you come back in half an hour. It also strengthens the bed sleep association. Your bed is for sleep. Mm-hmm. It's not to uh, work. It's not to watch TV or it's not to spend time on phone. Mm-hmm. It's not even to read for a long time. But if you if it helps someone to relax for by reading for 10 or 15 minutes, that's probably okay before you turn the lights off, but not for um, a, a, a long period of time. So we need to keep that bed sleep association strong and we need to keep that strong all the time. So getting up and leaving the bedroom will also help with that because you're not spending time awake in bed. That's very interesting because I've always heard, you know, go to go to bed, get a book, read a book. And sure you could get engrossed in that book then. You're almost yeah. reawakening your mind, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I think reading is a relaxing activity, provided yeah. we are only reading for 10 or 15 minutes before you turn the lights off. But if you do have a tendency to read for an hour before you turn the lights <laughs> exactly. off, you know, that's probably not 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 good. Um, but yeah, but if it is, if, and some people would generally say that, okay, reading for 10 or 15 minutes would actually help me to, to relax before yeah. I turn the lights off. Yeah. And I suppose if you don't get a good night's sleep, is napping a good idea? Napping, uh, provided we follow some rules, uh, mm-hmm. nap to a maximum of 45 minutes and keep it as short as you can, 20 or 30 minutes would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Because once we cross the 45 minutes, we are into kind of deeper stages of sleep. And when we wake up from the deeper stages of sleep, you, you feel more groggy because you're woken up from that a, a nice a deep stage of sleep. So you yeah. become more groggy. So um, nap for a maximum of 45 minutes and finish the nap by 4 p.m. Okay. 
Um, yeah, because uh, when we we have what we call sleep drive, that is that appetite for sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so a nap is like a snack when it, when we are comparing it comparing it to uh, when we are speaking in terms of food and appetite mm-hmm. for food. Okay. So it's like a snack. It's like a sleep snack. So if you take a bigger snack, you don't have enough appetite for the bigger the main meal. So uh, take a short nap. Uh, and try and finish it before 4 p.m. so that you will have a few hours of wake period left to build up the sleep drive that you used by taking a nap. Interesting. I'd never yeah, thought so. of it like that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and we also have that slump period in the afternoon, which is quite uh, physiological between 2 and 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a person is a morning type person, um, it will be closer to uh, 2 o'clock, and for an evening type person, it could be slightly later mm-hmm. um so yeah that is that would be the right time to take a nap as well and nothing has also uh, shown that it it um it, you know enhances a person's productivity and creativity as well so and if, so if individual people are working from home and if they want to find 10 or 15 or 20 <laughs> minutes to nap during uh, nap in the afternoon that's perfectly um perfectly fine and Provided suppose, it's not a very long one. Yeah, I know. Because you can kind of drop drop and go to sleep and then suddenly you wake up a couple of hours later going, what just happened? Like you kind of blank out part of your yeah. day completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is there any tips, I suppose, finally, for anyone who's having difficulty at the moment sleeping? Yes. Yeah. So what I would suggest is to have a consistent bedtime and a consistent mm-hmm. wake time for seven nights a week. And I say seven nights, including the weekends. Yeah. Because we do have that tendency to sleep less during the weekdays and compensate for the loss to sleep at, mm-hmm. uh, uh, at the weekend. So instead of that, uh, and make sure that we have a consistent bedtime and wake time for seven, uh, seven nights a week. Um, and also, when you pick the bedtime, make sure that you're sleepy. So for an evening-type person, should uh, consider a later bedtime in comparison to a morning-type person. A morning-type mm-hmm. person would feel sleepier earlier in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and an evening person would only feel sleepier later in the evening. So if an evening type person tries to go to bed early, then he's not go- he's going to find it difficult to fall asleep and then can get anxious about it. So we don't want to kind of start that uh, poor cycle of anxiety. Um, so yeah, go to bed when you're feeling sleepy, but have a you know observe yourself and have a consistent bedtime and also a consistent wake time. And also eliminate light exposure for two hours before their bedtime, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the blue light exposure from our handheld devices like smartphone, iPad, and uh, you know tablets of mm-hmm. any kind, and computers as well. TV is okay because TV is at a distance. Uh, because when we are exposing ourselves to this bright blue light from all those devices, we are tricking our body to think it is still daytime. So we have to uh, send the body the right signals mm-hmm. By reducing the light exposure, you're signaling to the body that it is the sun has set and there is lack of light, so uh, it's time to go to bed and sleep. And the body produces the sleep hormone melatonin, which uh, peaks in two hours. Mm-hmm. So before our bedtime, if we have bedtime is 11 p.m., we should try and avoid bright light exposure from 9 p.m. onwards. So the melatonin levels will peak in that two hours and you know we will be physically ready for ready for sleep. Um, and the uh, the other factor is caffeine. I don't want to be very prescriptive, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, but, but try and avoid it for eight hours before bedtime. Particularly if you mm-hmm. have noticed that if you are that you are sensitive to caffeine, it will be a good idea to uh, leave it for eight hours. But again, I don't like to be prescriptive. But um, it, it, you know, individuals can keep an eye on it um, 
themselves. Yeah. If you have a tendency to get anxious about different things, basically anxiety and stress increases our level of alertness. Okay. And we don't want to be alert in the evening. We want to be sleepy in the evening. And during the daytime, we don't want to be sleepy. We want to be alert. Exactly. Uh, uh, so we have to keep, uh, we have to engage in activities that relaxes us in the in the last two hours before our bedtime, but, you know, or generally in the evening. So reading a book or listening to music, mm-hmm. spending time with family instead of worrying about different things, you know, those are all relaxing activities. Or meditation or breathing exercises, you know, they're all relaxing activities. Yeah, so for some people, even the just, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even just watching TV for some time before bedtime uh, would, would help us to relax. And we also have to rationalize our worries and anxieties. Yeah, Look for evidence to support our worry. If you do have evidence, it's a rational worry. If you don't, it's an irrational worry. Mm, that's a good and tip, actually. Yeah, that's yeah let go of the rational worries because mm-hmm. there is no evidence to prove that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're worrying is going to happen. Exactly. And if it is a rational worry, you will be able to find evidences to support that worry. Um, and then you have to look at... Uh, the chances of it happening, or you, you, you can also look at the controllables that you can put in place. Uh, for instance, in the COVID situation, your controllables are wearing your face mask, social distancing, um, using hand sanitizers. You know, f- f- those are all controllables in, in the current situation that we are in. So um, instead of mindlessly worrying, just take um, uh, helpful uh, steps and maintain helpful behaviors. Brilliant. Well, um, Monty, yeah. thank you so much. You're from the Sleep Therapy Clinic. Lots of great tips there for people. No problem. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. FM World Four Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.